Finally got our cold weather, cooler weather. I was going to open all the windows for you tonight, but I thought somebody might hit me. <laughs> hey, listen, this is Thanksgiving week, is it not? Every week is Thanksgiving week, if you love Jesus. But this is a special week, Thanksgiving. And a lot of you are going to be gathering with family, friends, loved ones. And uh, some of you might be looking for an opportunity to use your Thanksgiving as an opportunity to be a light for Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity if you might be interested. We have an organization that we partner with called uh, Hospitality Chinese Center. In fact, our own Tim Grunitz is the executive director of that organization. And um, this is an extraordinary opportunity, if you're able to do so, to have a couple Chinese students into your home over Thanksgiving, spend the day Pray over your meal. Just let them see what life is like for a Christian family or singles. If you're gathering with some friends and you're going to have Thanksgiving dinner, they would love the opportunity to join you. Almost 80% of the Chinese that come to the United States, they would love to visit an American home, but they're never invited. And they return back to China having never been invited. So this is an incredible opportunity. And here's what you do. You go to hcchinese.org, hcchinese.org. And you just sign up there, and they'll pair you up, and they'll work it all out. You'll need to pick them up and then take them home. But with your smartphones that tell you where to go, you won't have any problem getting around the city, okay? I experienced that recently with my son. I had to pick him up at the airport, and he said, there's a shortcut here, Dad. I said, well, how do you know that? He said, well, the phone's telling me that. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? It is such a blessing, is it not, to know the Lord? It's just, as we were singing tonight, I was just, Lord, thank you so much that I know Jesus Christ because he's able to do so much in our lives. I was thinking as Matt was sharing tonight of this song, I don't know if you guys know this, but Johnny Lang used to be Kid Johnny Lang, and Johnny Lang used to be one of the youngest blues guitar players, singers in the United States, and then he became a Christian. And now he's, last time I knew he was out in Los Angeles and helping lead worship, he probably still does some of his music as well. But Jesus told us, if you seek me, you'll find me. Ask and you receive. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. God has answers for our life. And those answers come in the person of Jesus Christ. And he comes into our life and he begins to change. He begins to change us from what we normally are to what we can be in the likeness of his son. This book he left us with, we call it the Bible, it's full of incredible wisdom. You know, this morning as I was having my prayer time with the Lord, one of the things I do, actually I do it every day, I would just, Lord, thank you so much for the wisdom that you've given to me of the last 41 years. My goodness, my life has been so blessed by the insight and the encouragement and the guidance and the light and the correction and the instruction and the inspiration from the Word of God. <clears throat> and tonight, I want to share some of that with you. I wanted to explain to you one of the reasons I'm doing this series, and, and then we're going to take a moment and pray. But I, I happen to know that, of course, I know many of you in this church, I know many of you, the young families, you're right in the middle as a couple of those young baby years, okay? You're making the babies, you're having the babies, you got toddlers, some of you have Children that are still adolescents, we don't quite have many teenagers yet, but we're going to get there. 
And it's intense. This is an intense time in your marriage. I, I've been at this 40, almost 40 years. Pretty soon, Kathy and I will have been married 40 years. And I can honestly say this to you. I've been through it all. I've been through it all. I've been through all the little baby years, all the cryings, all the diapers, all the stuff, all the things you got to train them, then through the college years, and then watching them all get married years, and now they all have babies. So I've been through it all. And the insights that God has given me through the years have been such a treasure in my life, such a treasure, and I know what you're living through. I know what you're going through. And your dads, you're working hard. Many of you, I just talked to a young lady. Your husband is working 10-hour days every day and then all weekend long. They got three children. And he loves it. He said, I'm just so proud of my husband. He's such a hard-working guy. He said, honey, you just stay home and rest tonight because he's got to be up 6.30 tomorrow and work another all day and all day Sunday. <clears throat> so sometimes it can feel like, to be honest, like, man, all we're doing is raising kids and working. What about our marriage? What about our relationship? What about us? And that's why I'm doing this series, because I want to help you understand that actually the great secret to marriage is this. You practice your Christianity on each other every day. And it's little things that you do over and over and over and over again. They either bless the marriage or hurt the marriage. And there's some specific things. So there's some of the things that I'm going to share with you tonight. We'll finish up tonight. But please get the series. If you didn't hear the last two weeks, it's called Simple Ways to Make Your Marriage Much Better. It's all biblically based. It's right there in the Word of God. And our theme verse has been found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. And it simply says this. Let your considerateness be known to all men. The Lord is near. <clears throat> Have a reputation for being considerate. Christ was considerate. What does that mean? Well, we've been extrapolating that over several other passages, and we're going to go into that this evening. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight for the guidance of the Word of God. <clears throat> it's the greatest thing, Lord, in my life and in our lives. The greatest treasure we've ever been given is the Son of God and His Word that lights our way, that blesses our life. The law of the Lord is pure. The precepts of the Lord are right, instructing the soul, reviving the spirit. I pray tonight, Lord, that you help us understand some of the wonderful things from your word and from your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I was reminded I was, as I was driving here this evening, yeah, I'm missing my wife today. She, um, she took off today for Kansas. It's her mother's 80th birthday, and she drove there today. This is the first time she's ever driven that far in about... I'd say about 38 years by herself without me. I know, that's strange. We're kind of a strange couple. One of those old-fashioned couples. You know, the guy's supposed to be on the front of the motorcycle, the girl's holding on to you. That's just the way the darlings roll. And so when we drive somewhere, I drive. I drive, because you're my lady. I'll get you there. But this time, she went by herself. And I was kind of wandering around the house today. It's kind of my office going, where is she? Where, where's my girl? It's kind of weird. I don't like having her gone, but I love her, so I got to share her with others, and so she's going to see her mom. I was reminded of Ephesians chapter 4 tonight, <clears throat> verse 29. This is probably when our children could begin to speak. This might have been the first verse they ever learned. 
Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Wow, that verse is just loaded, isn't it? There is some rich nutrients in that text, in that passage. Direction for our life. God is instructing us in a very practical way. This is how my son was. This is how I want you to be. Be kind to one another. Have a soft heart towards one another. Be tender. And listen, I've been married long enough to tell you, you're going to hurt each other. You're going to say or do things, some of them may be deliberately, some of them may be inadvertently, and they're going to hurt one another. What do you do with those things? Yell? Throw a hissy fit? Have a pity party? Well, the Bible says, forgive as God forgave you. Forgive as God forgave you. You don't forgive. It becomes toxic. It turns to resentment, which turns to bitterness, which will defile your life and ruin your marriage. It might ruin it quick. It might be a slow burn. It might be over time. It might be just emotional detachment. But I never forget this verse. Do not be deceived. You cannot ignore God and get away with it. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, that's a beautiful promise, and it's a scary truth. In your marriage, if you sow a bunch of weeds, if you sow a bunch of crap, if you sow a bunch of bad attitudes, you're going to reap a very lonely, painful marriage. It's just, just the way it is. <clears throat> but if you'll go over the things we've talked about, and you'll sow them a little bit every single day, you'll sow them, you'll sow them. In time, you're going to reap something wonderful. And I want you to know, I, I, I mean this sincerely. I've been there. I've been to those spots in marriage. When I was a younger man, I thought, you know, Lord, I don't like this. And this isn't what I thought it was going to be. This isn't quite working like I thought it was going to work. I'm kind of frustrated, frustrated with her. You know, to have these conversations with the Lord. And I knew, Lord, I'm not walking. I'm not leaving. But right at this moment, I'm not like thrilled and overjoyed. And the Lord would always say to me, well, Mark, a better marriage starts with you, not her, with you. Now, Lord, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about her. No, I want to talk about you, Mark. <clears throat> let's change that attitude. <clears throat> and let's not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good, Mark. All these evil things you're thinking right now or you're feeling right now or the things you're thinking towards her, overcome them. Do some good. So, <clears throat> we're going to finish these up tonight. This is number 10. Nourish your marriage. Cherish your spouse in your thoughts, in your heart, in your emotions, and speak encouraging and complimentary things to them. Nourish your marriage. Have you ever thought about that? Have you get up every day to go, I'm going to nourish my marriage today. You're going to kill it or nourish it. There's really no neutral. Neutral, neutral isn't really neutral. It's negativity. Neutral is not doing anything constructive or proactive to build a relationship. That's what neutral is. So I get up to, to nourish it. <clears throat> there are lots of ways to nourish it, but let me tell you one, of the, one important way. It's with our mouth, with our words. Did you know the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue? 
<clears throat> Gentle words cause life and health. Griping brings discouragement. Wow, where did I get that one? Proverbs. Proverbs says that. Proverbs says that. <clears throat> the tongue of the wise man soothes and heals, but the tongue of the foolish man is like the thrust of a sword, and it just cuts people up. I know what that's like. Boy, my tongue, my tongue has been my undoing so many times. So many times. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Let me tell you the secret. <clears throat> when your mouth gets the best of you. <clears throat> Sweetheart, <clears throat> I was wrong and stupid for what I said. Would you please forgive me? Healing words right there. Kathy, I was wrong and stupid for what I said. <clears throat> Would you please forgive me? You're going to make mistakes, but how will you deal with them? You see? You're going to make mistakes, but will you own them? Will you take responsibility for them? Or will you just walk off in a huff and leave the walking wounded right over there? See? This is how the Lord works in our life. We're just walking with the Lord each day. We're walking with him, and his word guides us. And we're not perfect people. We're growing in our relationship with God. But there are going to be things we do that are stupid. we got to decide, okay, I want to stop doing that, and I want to do this. We've got to learn to say complimentary and encouraging things. I can't even tell you how many times I tell my wife I love her. That, that's a good place to start. Some of us don't do that very well. Why don't I just walk up and say, sweetheart, I love you. Sweetheart, have I told you lately, I'm really glad I married you. <laughs> I feel like I died and went to heaven, to be honest. I feel like the richest man in the world. Have you ever said that to your spouse? <clears throat> Might want to think about it. <clears throat> and if you can't say it, you need to call me. <laughs> just pick up the phone and call 8375209. Never mind. Just pick up the phone and call me, okay? We'll walk you through this. Because we got to get you in a better mental place. We got to get you in a place that you understand you got blessed when God put them in your life. And we're going to get to that in just a moment, all right? We got to quit. You know, my dad, he used to get, we're always nitpicking at each other. Did you ever hear your parents use that word? Quit nitpicking at each other. Just, you're picking each other to death. You know the Bible says that. The Bible tells us, stop all this nitpicking at each other in Galatians, or you're going to devour one another. You're going to eat one another alive. Man, it's so easy to do that in marriage. You know, with your spouse, you're just like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I wish you'd stop that. Oh, that bugs me. And we're just bugged. We go around the town all the time bugged. Life is too short to go around all the time bugged. And then, you know, we get so stupid. We get to thinking to ourselves, and this is number, this is number 11. <clears throat> Stop comparing your spouse in unfavorable ways to others. <clears throat> we start looking over there. The grass is green over there. Yeah, right. And then you're married to them, and you're on your second, your third marriage, and you realize, you know what? I don't really like you much either. You got problems too. My son, my son was just in a job. I won't get into the details of it, but he was in another city in Detroit for this job. And <clears throat> there was a bunch of other people involved in this job. And, and uh, let's just say none of them knew the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, uh, several of them had been divorced and others were playing the field. They were players, so to speak. And Jeremy's like the odd duck. And they're just talk, they're talking, so they're introducing each other. They're talking about life and and so they ask him about his, and he just goes off telling them what he does, and, and that he goes into schools and speaks about porn and abstinence, and he goes into prisons, and, and he says, yeah, and I've been married for 14 and a half years. I'm like, wait, I thought you were like 24 years old. And, no, I'm 35, but wait, you've been, you've been married for 
man, alive. So he tells the story. So he starts to tell them the story. And, and they, just, they just, he goes, I don't have a perfect life. My, my marriage is not perfect. But this is what God has done. And this is what I experienced in my life. And, and they were just kind of like dumbfounded. They didn't really know what to say. Uh, because, you know, they'd already shared their stories. And they were pretty, let's just say, out there. Let's just say a lot of them made some really bad decisions with their lives. We gotta, we've got to learn to treasure what God gave us, to treasure it and make it something greater, to cherish it in our heart. I'm going to tell you this is one of the great secrets. I know this is a stupid song, but way back when, you can look it up on YouTube for you babies in here, cherish is the word that I use to describe. Okay, don't, don't, this is an old song. We used to have to sing it in high school chorus. I didn't really like it. But cherish is a powerful word. Cherish, it means you treasure something in your heart. Several weeks ago, Kathy and I, it was our 40th anniversary of the night we met. I went downstairs. I have a box buried in the basement. I know exactly where that box is. I know exactly what's in that box. And I opened the box up and I dug out. I have in a sealed plastic bag about 50 letters. And I brought all the letters up and I said, sweetheart, I've been cherishing these letters all these years. And for the next two weeks, I'm going to read you about three letters a day. How is that? You just sit there and relax. I'm going to read what you were writing to me back in those years. It was so precious to read the things that Kathy was sharing with me. She was learning in her walk with God. And the things that we exchanged with one another. And how our relationship developed through those letters some 60 miles apart, living apart while she was going to school. I cherish her. I cherish her. I'm going to be honest with you. I had to learn this the hard way. Because shortly after we were married, I began to see things that I didn't like. And she saw things absolutely she didn't like. And I found, I found my mind drifting. <clears throat> I found my mind going to the things that were just like, man, man, I don't like that. Man, I don't like that. And I, I have a very vivid imagination. I'm a very active mind. I have a very strong mind. When I say strong, it can go really strong for sin. I can just go over a thing and over it and over it. Let's just call it obsessive mind. I can be obsessive in my mind about this thing, this thing. And next thing you know, I'm worked up. I'm going to work and I'm all worked up about it inside. I'm worked up. Before you know it, <clears throat> just to be really honest, I just really hated my marriage. I really hated it. I didn't like it. Like, man, Lord, I thought this was a marriage from heaven. I feel like I'm living in hell. Man, I come home. <clears throat> I kind of had a bad attitude. <clears throat> and Ken, oh, it's just like Kathy couldn't do anything to make me happy. Because a couple things, it was just, I was letting them eat away at me. You know how that is? Just eat at you. you just eat at you. No matter how many ways I tried to describe it, it just wasn't going to change in the way I thought it ought to change. And one day, I'm telling you this, you listen to me, young person, you listen to me. The word of God is your salvation. The word of God is your salvation. And, and, I, and I never walked away from this book. No matter how bad it got in my life, I never walked away from this book. And here's what I mean. So one day, I was out my time with the Lord. I got in this book, and the Lord took me behind the woodshed. He said, Mark, we need to have a serious conversation. Listen to what it says in Philippians, Mark. Finally, whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's excellent, whatever's of good repute, Mark, put your mind on these things and the God of peace will be with you. And I was, well, you know what happened? I started crying. That's what happened. Yeah, when God spanks you, it hurts. 
And the Lord just didn't pull any punches with me. And he just said, you know, Mark, it's pathetic, man. This is pathetic. You don't have any peace in your life. Here's why. Look at this. Finally, whatever's good, you're not thinking about what's good about Kathy, what's lovely about Kathy, what's pure about Kathy. You're thinking about what's bug you. You're always ruminating, Mark, meditating on what bothers you. And it's destroying you, Mark, and it's going to destroy this marriage. You need to stop it. You need to stop it, Mark. I don't care what she does. Let's talk about you, Mark. You need to stop it. And in its place, you need to start thinking about what's good and nurturing and nourish this marriage and what's complimentary. And then you need to say it, Mark. You need to speak it. And you need to affirm that to her. And boy, in my heart, I'll be real honest with you, it was in an, it was in an ugly place. It was in a disobedient place. Did you realize that one of the main areas of disobedience in our lives is our mind and our heart? Oh, we can go through the motions. <clears throat> we can be outwardly like, oh, we look like we're doing things right. The issue is, am I believing the right things? Am I embracing the right truths? Am I meditating on the right things? Am I bringing the attitude of my heart under submission to Christ? And the Lord had some things to say to me. And well, I began to listen. And I began to apply, <clears throat> and I'm not lying to you. Every day I began to go out, and I just thank the Lord. I thank the Lord, and this is what we're going to get to next, for, the, for these qualities in Kathy's life. Within six months, you could not have convinced me that I wasn't the luckiest man in the world, and I've stayed in that place ever since that time. I just fed it. I just kept feeding it, feeding it, the thankful monster. And he's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Number 12, be appreciative of them and the things they do for you. Don't take them for granted. When we do not appreciate our spouse, we drift from our spouse. If you don't sow gratitude, you become very discontent. The word appreciate means to treasure, value, admire, grasp, comprehend, and understand their full value to you. Listen, I'll tell you something really honestly. Um, <clears throat> The truth about marriage, the truth about my wife, is that my wife has seen the good, the bad, and the really ugly. My wife, remember when I was sharing with you the first week that, that if you're lonely and you're married, we got a problem. We need to talk about that because God created marriage for the loneliness issue. He looked down on Adam and said, it's not good that man is alone, that he's lonely, and I made a helper just for him. So when we're together, but we're lonely, there's a problem. And one of the things that I've discovered, it's not the only, was that when I don't appreciate my spouse, when I don't really value what they are and what they've been to me, we drift. We start to feel alone. Well, <clears throat> and I told Kathy this one time. I really meant it. I hope you'll take it the way I meant it because it'll probably sound a little funny. But Kathy knows me, so she knew exactly what I meant. I said, honey, you know, I, I just come back from traveling. I think it was one of my first trips to Europe. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> I was speaking over there. And I went through Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam. And <clears throat> there's things there you see that, you know, I just haven't. It's a little bit different than the States. <clears throat> I came back. I said, Kathy, I want to tell you something. I mean this with all my heart. There are many, many beautiful women in the world. But there's not one woman that could ever take me from you. Because you are far more than just outward beauty. 
You're the only person in the world, the only person in the world, not even my mother knows the deepest ugliness of my life. You have lived with it. You've seen me in my worst, my best, my boring, my in-between, my failures, and you've loved me and you've devoted your whole life to me and you've given me everything, your body, soul, and spirit. Oh my gosh, I owe that girl everything. And I've never forgotten it. And I still haven't forgotten it. She is a gift to me from God. She knows. She just has a way of just being with me. And she's not perfect. I'm not perfect either. But, man, she just knows how to listen. She knows how to minister to me. And she's accepted me. She accepted me. And she stuck with me. And she believed in me when other people didn't. She just kept believing in me. When other people would reprove me, she'd say, well, Mark, you know, you're learning. You're growing. Don't get discouraged because I know God's working powerfully in your life. I, two weeks ago when we were reading these letters, I, I, had, I, I stood one of the letters up. I meant to bring it. Maybe sometime I'll bring it. But I read it, and I just started to cry in my chair. We're sitting there. She goes, what's the matter? I said, Gabby, did you see what this just said? The things that have happened in the last 30 years, you saw them when I was 21 years old. You saw them in me. And even the phrasing of what you used and said in the sentence was things that have happened in the last 30 years. Wow, we've got to appreciate our spouse. Deeply appreciate them, value them, and thank God for them. And tell them you appreciate them. Express it to them. We've got to learn to express that to one another because it, that's, that's kind of the cement, the bonding element of a relationship is that kind of communication, that kind of intimate, personal, honest, loving, encouraging communication. <clears throat> Number 13. <clears throat> this is going to sound obvious, but <clears throat> it's not so obvious. Be helpful towards one another. That's what kindness means. It means to be helpful. <clears throat> Look for ways to simply help them. Watch the kids. Change a diaper. Pick up a room. Run an errand. Just pitch in and help each other. Let your spouse sleep in. Maybe they need extra rest. Dad, take the kids a while so mom can have some time alone or so she can go work out. <clears throat> you know something my wife does to me every day? This will surprise you. Every day. Every day. My wife gives me a massage. <clears throat> we have this tool at home. I'm going to give you. So if you want to get it, guys, you get it. This thing rocks. It's called a thumper. Okay? Now, you can get them. Mine was $29.95 from Walmart, and it's lasted 10 years of use. But you can get the expensive ones at about $1.99. Okay? And it's this percussion thing. And she'll, I just lay down. Every day is my therapy. This is one of my secrets. This is one of my secrets to my vigor. And for 10 minutes, about 10 or 12 minutes every day, Kathy rubs my lower back, my shoulders, my, ha- my, my calves. I have pain in my calves and the bottom of my feet. And then she comes up, she digs in my neck every single day. Man, that girl rocks my world. <laughs> Other ways too, but we won't get into that tonight. Okay? <clears throat> every day I do things for Kathy. It's not a day that goes by that I do something. I go, this is for her. The other day, see, my wife, I'll tell you a little secret about my wife. She likes to eat the pumpkin out of pumpkin pies. 
Forget the crust. She likes the pumpkin. So I have a special place. I get this gigantic pumpkin pie. And I bring it home, and I surprise her, and I set it right under bed with a spoon. And she just, for the next couple days, she's just digging out the pumpkin out of that pumpkin pie. And then I go up and take the crust just so she isn't tempted because that's where all the fat is, and I dump it out. I love that girl. She just went to Kansas the other day. I took the van. I checked all the tires. I put a little extra oil in because it might go down a little bit. I put new floor mats in. I vacuumed the thing. I cleaned it out. Brought her home and said, honey, here's a beautiful, filled-up, clean car. Have a wonderful trip. I'm going to miss you. Little things. Little things. Doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. They just say, I love you. You matter to me. You're significant to me. Be helpful. Help one another. Help one another. Number 14, be affectionate. Man, a simple warm hug or a soft kiss on the cheek, but the words I love you can mean so much. They mean so much. This is a habit in our life. I just walk up behind Kathy, and I I give her a hug. I give her a kiss on the cheek. I say, honey, I love you. Be affectionate. Be affectionate. 15, real practical, we're going we're gonna to be done. Just a minute, hang on with me. <laughs> You're going to think this is crazy. But the Bible says the plans of the diligent lead to advantage. I got this from Proverbs. Coordinate your schedules and help your spouse understand your overall financial budgetary plans. Hello. Money is the number one stress in marriages. <clears throat> you got to communicate. You got to talk. You got to get on the same page. It can't keep shooting each other's foot off, okay? Before you had Google calendars and all that, my wife and I, we had this calendar on the inside of a cupboard. I Velcroed it. I'm a really handy guy. I bought this little piece of Velcro. I taped them on the inside, and then I got this erasable calendar. I put it up, and I said, here's five pens, Kathy. Here's my calendar. Now, you can write in red or choose any color you want for me, whatever one you like, and just write in a whole month in advance, this is what's going on in my life, and that way you'll know. That way we're on the same schedule. And if you want to let me know what's going on with you, just write them here, and I'll come in, and I'll get my calendar, and I'll write it. So she could put it on the table, write it all down. That's how the family, we knew who was going to karate, where the paper route was. What, there were so many things going on in our lives. Oh, my gosh. Chaos does not promote a wonderful marriage. Bring order to your life. Bring order to your life. God is not the author of confusion and chaos, but the God of order. Bring order to your world. And such a much more peaceful way to live, isn't it, Ryan? Yes, it is. Amen. You got five kids, you know what I'm talking about. Money. I don't have time to get into it tonight, but you know what? I have a book at home. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I go to Target, and I got seven-calum budget analysis pads. And for the last 20 years, I just write down the budget every month, the money, the stuff. I write all the bills. Now you just touch and click and pay. That's beautiful. No more stamps, hardly at all. And I say, Kathy, here's what's going on. Here's where the money's going. Here's why it's going there. You have any questions? Great. Let's stay on the same page. Oh, we have Christmas coming up. All right, you want to spend how much for the grandkids? Okay, here's the money to do it. Cash, here you go, hundreds of dollars. Here you go, boom, there it is. Okay, boom, that's planned. Now, we can't go over that. Do your best anyway. I mean, there's a fudge factor of 80 bucks. That's about it, but we can't, okay, honey? I know you love, she loves to give gifts. My wife, you know what that means? She loves to spend your money. <laughs> my, my wife's love language is gift giving. All right, awesome. Can I just tell you this? Guys, this is beautiful. This is how the Bible works, right? 
So when we were first married, and I realized that one of Kathy's gifts is gifts giving. That's beautiful, except it means spend my money giving. That's what it means. That's what gift giving means. So there's always this tug of war, this tug of war. And then one day it dawned on me, hey, wait a minute. The generous man will prosper. Maybe this is an investment that God will give back to me because I am allowing Kathy to go, oh, go for it, girl. Go, give, give those gifts. We're going to get blessed. Do you really believe the Bible? Do you believe the Bible? Because God will test you. God will test you. And that's one of the ways he tested me. And I'm telling you, here I am at the age that I am, and man, God has just been so good to me. God has just been so good to me. I think in about three or four years, the house will be paid for. I have no other debts. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for just helping me be content and that gift-giving woman because you give and it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, stomped on by God and overflowing. Do you believe it? God will find out if you believe it. See, that's the thing about the Bible. Yes, it takes faith to apply it, but it works. It's just a matter of time. Number 16, we're almost done. Have regular dates. Somehow have a date with that girl and share babysitting with another couple. You don't always have to spend a lot of money. You don't. Let me tell you one of the secrets, Mark Darling's secret, for successful living. Go to Doolittle's Air Cafe right down there off Cedar Avenue and Egan. It's a really cool place. Order yourself a really cool big hamburger. They're huge. And split it. Drink water. Have some french fries. And with a tip, it'll cost you $15. I think you can handle that. Okay? That could be a date. But you don't have to do that. You can go on walks. You can go out in the snow if you like the snow. You can go snowshoeing together. Or you can just go sit at some coffee shop and have your decaf or your little mocha and just sit and stare at each other and talk about life and share things from your journal that you're getting from the Lord or just have a conversation or maybe she reads a book and you're sitting there on your smartphone for a while if that's okay you may not think that's a date that's okay it's up to you guys but find ways to do things together even in the baby years Kathy Kathy and I I can't tell how many times we mountain bike together hundreds Hundreds and hundreds of miles. We'd load those two mountain bikes up. Now, it was beautiful when Celeste got to be 11. Actually, don't tell anybody. She started babysitting since she was 10. And the girl was so confident. And Jeremy, they were kind of a tag team. And I only got two other kids who were like, okay, we'll call you. <clears throat> we're going to be on exactly one hour. Okay, we're going to Lebanon. Boom, load up the bikes. We'd go down to Lebanon. We'd ride around. We'd sweat together. We'd laugh. We'd fall off the bikes together. We'd say, ooh, poopy. That was not fun. And we had a good time. We had a good time. We had a good time. You find ways to do things together. There's a way. And you know what? Your kids see it. They see it, and it's precious to them. It will make your children feel more secure because they see you enjoying each other. Last one. And this one's huge, and please don't minimize it. It's incredibly important. Pray together every day. Pray together every single day. It will unite you and bind your hearts together. It places your dependency upon God. And guess what? God answers prayer. Kathy and I have prayed over our marriage. Have you ever thought of this? Let's suppose you're having a rough spot in your marriage. I mean, just let's face it. You're having a rough spot. It's just this thing. You're just butting heads over. 
Well, have you ever thought of trying this? Sweetheart, we're button heads on this. Let's just talk to God about it. Father, I just ask you right now, you help me and Kathy. Because, Lord, you know, <clears throat> this has been a thing between us for the last two weeks. I don't know exactly how to figure it out, Lord. I love this girl. I'm really thankful for my wife. And, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do in this relationship to bless her and to encourage her. Lord, just teach us. Open our hearts. And, Lord, just bring a spirit of unity to us and a spirit of greater love and kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, that might solve a few things, don't you think? Don't you think that that might solve a lot more if we were to take the time to pray? To talk to God, to bring God into right into this relationship, front and center. Here you are, Lord. We need your help. Father, bless our marriage. Father, <clears throat> our intimacy. Please help it, Lord. <clears throat> you know that my wife had a very difficult time. Some very difficult things happened to her when she was a young girl. And I just ask you, Lord, that you'd give her grace, that you'd bring healing to her heart. And you know what else, Lord? I just ask you to help me be a patient, loving man. What I just prayed and said, by the way, is true. My wife had some very terrible things happen to her when she was a little girl that were done to her. They were roadblocks. And God just helped me be patient. He taught me, he taught me, he taught me. And I'm telling you, well, I won't tonight. Some of the time, God can change anything. He can change anything. He can change your life. He can change your relationship. He can incredibly bless the quality of your marriage. If you let him, let's pray. Father, I just thank you, God. Lord, you're the greatest treasure in my life. I just cannot even imagine my life, Lord, if I did not have... Well, I can. I know it would be destroyed. I would have destroyed my marriage. My pride and my selfishness and my arrogance, my greed, my lust, my self-centered nature, my mouth, my bitter heart, my angst. I would have destroyed this precious gift that you gave to me. And I praise you, God, today for the power of your son, Jesus Christ, who lives in our lives if we know you. And I praise you for the guidance of the word of God. And I praise you, Lord, for your patience, your patient love, your patient love in my life. And I praise you, God, for the woman you gave me. I praise you, you gave me a woman, period. You could have just said, no, Mark, nope, nope. I'm not going to let you get married. Lord, I just ask you for every marriage, every couple in this auditorium tonight, I pray, God, that you'd move in their lives in a profound way and that they would thank you every day and value the spouse that you gave them and treasure them in their heart and focus on the things that are good and admirable in their life. Help them, Lord. Give them grace. In Jesus' name, amen.